us to pursue the calling of Jesus to the ends of the earth. Will you answer that call? The call to wander? The call to search? The call to walk? The field? Well, church, I am so excited to have James Hunt from UCB Canada with us today. And so why don't we give him a warm welcome as he comes on up. Thanks, Thanks Pastor Mike. How are you doing? Thank you. Good morning, folk. It's so good to be here. And uh, I visited... Pastor Ike, I don't know, what was it, eight, nine months ago? And I think we did more laughing in the office than anything else. And I felt right there that there was a real sense of connection and spirit and a purpose. And I want to thank you for the opportunity to be here and for your involvement in UCB Canada. And you might say, well, we don't do a lot or we're not that involved. You are. Not only from the mission budget, but from individuals here. And the story, were any of you listening during the, what we call our pledge drive last week when we did our, our full fundraiser? Okay. Did you hear some of the stories of what God's doing? Absolutely amazing. And you are part of that. And the, you know, they don't have to be dramatic stories. As one story was, is dramatic. Someone at the end of their shift... This is a story that just sticks in my mind, was driving to the lake end, and they were going to do the inevitable and end their life. And the person, this was a few years ago, said, I know I sound crazy, but I did not touch my radio, and it came on, and there was a song about your sins have been forgiven, your chains have been broken, you've been set free. It changed my life. And then you get other stories about somebody who just says, I'm just driving to work, just mulling over something, and God just confirmed something in my heart. It doesn't have to be extreme. God is working, and He's working right here, and He's working in you, and He's working in me, and He's working in our community. And praise God, He's going to work in a family from Afghanistan to be here. That is so practical and so radical Lives are going to be changed forever, not just generations. Think of it, children and children, because of obedience. One of the themes that came through in the last page drive was addictions. number of family members dealing with loved ones that were dealing with addictions. It seems to be on the increase uh, and, and struggling with that. I don't know if it's something you're familiar with or, or your heart kind of breaks around that, but it became a bit of a theme. And one of the other themes that came through before COVID, and some countries are actually talking about it as a pandemic, is a pandemic of loneliness. There's a pandemic of loneliness. And we are so connected in so many ways, and our phones buzz, and our watches buzz, and the TV goes, and, the, and yet there's an incredible loneliness where people aren't in community and people aren't connected with people in a real sense. 
And I'm not trying to put you on a downer. I just want to give you some context of what, what we're doing and where we're living. You know, 66% of all students in North America are dealing with anxiety issues. 66%. That's so sad. I, I, we could say our, our nation's a mess. Our communities, uh, our, our culture is a mess. But you know what? That gives incredible opportunity. Incredible opportunity. I'm going to share on some of that. And you know, today's world, um, you know the days gone by, and, and I can say this because of the community you're part of. Your identity would come from without, and you would grow into it, challenge it, and form an identity. So if you were the baker's son, and your father was the baker's son, and your father's father was the baker's son, guess what you're probably going to be when you grow up? A baker. Okay? Good possibility. And then as you grow, and, oh, you know, you go to church events, and festivals, and funerals, and weddings, and you're seen, oh, you're the baker's son. Oh, you're the baker's daughter. Oh, we know you. And you fight against it, and, no, I'm not going to be the, the town baker. Oh, you're still the baker's son. You're the baker's son who's doing this. Identity came in context, and then you found yourself in it and carved out, really, is that who I am? Now we're asking five- and six-year-olds to choose their identity from within? It's a mess. I see a couple of people with coffee cups. Starbucks, I don't know if you noticed, some time back the the staff had a T-shirt on. And it was a quote from a, a, a talented singer, uh, not following Christ as I'm aware, but Lady Gaga, and it said this, don't let anybody tell you who you should be. What happens if your identity, your assessment of yourself is less than who you should be? What happens if it's misguided or, or wrong or you're deceived about it. Must someone just leave you in that place and not allow you to become fully who you should be? People are crying out for connection. People are crying out for hope. And you know what? One of the things we, we pray about and we strive at at UCB Canada is to to make it a place, to carve out some space in the media world. There's so much anger. There's so much polarizing speech. There's so much debate. There's I'm anti this, I'm pro this, I'm you this, and I'm that. And, and we've just seen it in our nation over the last few years, right? It's just bubbling under the surface. We, our whole purpose is to carve out space where you can just breathe, you can find hope, you can find joy, You can find purpose. We're not going to have the latest breaking news story. And it's not that it's not important. You can get it from 10 other things. So we know the information can be good, but we have carved out space. This is where you're going to find hope. And we know hope is only found in Christ, right? There is no other place you're going to really find hope. This is where you're going to get peace. This is where there's going to be a bit of joy. This is where you can just breathe and find out who you are and who you should be in Christ. And in all the stuff that's going on, 
And I know this is kind of the Sunday school answer to everything. But think of it. We have the answer. People are looking and searching for purpose. Do we have the answer to that? People are anxious and stressed out and angry and hopeless. Do we have the answer to that? For, for I don't know how long the world, we've, uh, we've, we've, the answer is Jesus, and it is. But now people are actually asking. People who are not following Christ are saying, society is not working. Society has just gone crazy. What is the alternative? They're actually asking us that. And we can answer it. We have hope in Jesus Christ who changes lives, who makes the most amazing things happen. And so at UCB, we, we work hard against, give us your opinion on this, what's happening here, what's doing this. No, we want to point to Christ and Him crucified and the fruit of the Spirit. That's what we want because that's what's going to change. You know, Romans fifteen thirteen says this, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in Him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. You are filled with joy and peace in Him so that you may overflow with it. So I'm going to show you a short video, uh, and then I'm going to be moving into something else. I'll give you a quick update on some of the really exciting things that are happening at UCB. Let's just watch this three-minute video. The country we live in can be a dark place, and the trials of this life can get us down. There is growing conflict all around us. There is anxiety swelling within us. There is loss, hurt, pain, and stress. We try and help, but our world fuels negativity, and negativity destroys. But there is hope. One step away from surrender, one step away from coming home. Through positive, uplifting UCB radio, Canadians are finding hope. UCB brought that hope that I never thought I had and restored a faith that I was trying to shove to the side. I was just having mental breakdowns almost every day, and every single song that came on, I was just crying, and I felt God's love. What started as a dream is turning into a movement, thanks to the support of Canadians just like you. Now we're expanding coast to coast to coast. going to the hurting. Peace is going to the lonely. If it were not for UCB, I may have never heard the call. I may have never known the love of God. UCB has helped give my mind a sense of peace. It's really lifted me up and it's, you know, had a transformational thing that's been happening. And more Canadian homes are being filled with joy and purpose. So I was on my way to my sister's house and the song came on and I decided, no, this was not the way to go. I needed God and I needed to Him and Him alone. So join the movement of hope across Canada because hope changes lives. This past week, the 18th of October, was the 19th anniversary of when the first 
UCB radio station came on air, and it happened to be in Belleville. And on this very day, the 18th of October, a few days ago, the CRTC, who the governing board of uh, media in Canada, approved UCB for four more frequencies. So within the next two years, UCB is launching in Regina, Saskatchewan, Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, Kelowna, Kamloops, and in Scarborough, the outskirts of Toronto. It's going to increase the population coverage where somebody can just have their local UCB, another 1.3 million people. That is amazing. I, I don't know how we're going to do it. I don't know where the funds are going to come from. And so when I share today, I'm actually preaching to myself as much as I'm sharing with you. This is what's happening in my heart and in my journey of what's taking place. God is on the move, folks. He really is. And we sing songs and we worship Him and they're so important. But I want us to just dumb it down a bit. And I'm going to ask a really, two very simple questions that we're all going to answer the same way. But do we actually live it this way? All right? So UCB is moving. God's doing stuff. That's the backdrop. And as a child of God, so I'm talking to people that know Christ, as Pastor Ike was saying. They surrendered to Christ. doesn't matter where you are on your journey. Question number one. Do you really believe that God has got you no matter what? Do you really, really believe that, that God has got you? Yes? No? I don't know what I should say. Okay. Most people are nodding. Okay? So they passed that exam there. You're doing a good job, Pastor Right. Most people, God has got me. Do you really believe God is good? Really? I mean, in His, in his very essence, He's good. Okay, so if you believe that, we should be the boldest, most confident people in the world. If God has got me no matter what, and God is good no matter what, what is there out there that is stopping us from doing what He wants us to do? We should be, the, we should be so bold, and yet... Like the Apostle Peter, we're walking, looking at Christ, and suddenly the circumstances of the waves and the wind get there, and we start doubting. And we start wondering, and we start, well, yes, God is good all the time, but James, you don't understand my situation. And so we start justifying an answer, or we start tweaking it slightly. Is God good? And has he got me? And if the answer is yes, there's nothing we should not be attempting. And I wonder if too often, and you're going to have to hear me here, because this could be misinterpreted. I wonder if too often we wait to hear God's voice or his leading before we actually step out. And if we don't hear it, we just stand. Let me explain a bit, okay, what I mean by that. Now, don't get me wrong. I, I do believe in hearing God's voice, and I, you have to. You need to be praying. You need to be seeking Him. You've got to be praying about this family. Absolutely. You've got to know what God's saying. But do you have enough faith that He's got you and He's good even if you don't hear Him? Does it change who He is if you don't hear Him? 
The answers to those questions should be the same. He's good, and he's got me. Even if he hasn't told me what to do. Now, some years ago, Pam and I, my beautiful wife is with me, Pam, and I had some big decisions to make. We were in South Africa, hence the accent, okay? We had two little kids, two and four years old. Uh, and my father and mother were divorced. My mother had gone back to England where she was originally from. Um, and Pam said to me, James, I think God's calling us to England. Um, I, I think we should be going to England to be closer to your mother. And being the supportive husband I am, I said, are you crazy? <laughs> like, what? England? You're nuts. Okay, and, and I'm a bit of a slow learner, so it took a couple of months. And then I was like, hey, honey, I think we should go to England. Okay? And Pam's like, really? <laughs> and long story short, I was consulting. I, I used to be able to be fluent in the native language and as apartheid, and my friends were, were natives, so I, could, I knew both cultures really well, and I was consulting. And we had just bought our first new car ever. And because I was going to businesses and doing stuff. So we had this new car. We didn't even have it two months. And God says, go to England. And we had it on a payment plan, right? So we we're going to pay it off. And I said to Pam, what are we going to do about the car? We can't afford to hand it back. We don't have the money. We sold everything to buy airplane tickets, and that's all we had. Two kids, six suitcases, and $400. And God said, go. So we heard him. And Pam said, I think we should give it to your sister. Did you hear what I said? Give it to your sister. And I was like, Shh. and she's an accountant. This doesn't work, right? The finances and give the car to your sister. Like, uh, yeah, okay. So I put it in the local newspaper and advertised it. For those of you who don't know what a newspaper is, okay, this is before internet. All right. <laughs> so I advertised it in the local newspaper. And somebody came, somebody found me. I went to the bank, got all the documentations for them to take over the higher purchase and the monthly payments, uh, and gave them the keys, took the stuff, took it to the bank. That was the last I saw of my car. It was stolen, and it was somebody in the bank that was working with them to steal the car, and that was it. We still had to pay it off, so now we're in England, and literally 10 days later, we're in England, no money, no income, no savings, two little kids. We had somewhere to stay for two weeks. We're saying, God? So even, and, and, three days later, somebody gave my sister a brand new car. She had four adopted kids, three of her own. She was running a, a, a children's home. Uh, she was working and doing a medical clinic in a squatter area, a feeding scheme. I mean, she... God's not going to, you know, my disobedience is not going to be portrayed onto her. God still delivers. God is good. And even when I did not obey him, does it change whether God's got me? Does it change whether God is good? It doesn't. There were consequences. We had to pay the car off and we had to do all. There were consequences. They don't just go away. But God is good, and God had us. <clears throat> Ten years later, 
we're moving here to Canada, we'd been praying. Uh, I'd been asked to head up, uh, be a dean of a Bible college, or do we come to UCB Canada as CEO of UCB Canada? And this blew my theology. I was praying and praying and praying because my stand was, God, until you speak, I'm not moving. Until you speak, I'm not moving. And eventually, I felt God say to me, James, you choose. What? How can I choose what your will is in my life? Because you tell me, and then I obey, and then if it goes pear-shaped and all wrong, well, God, you told me. I'm just obeying. But God said, you choose. And it really shook me. And if you don't know the next step, do you believe God is good? And do you believe God has got you? And so we wrestled and we wrestled and eventually we said, okay, we believe and we're trusting and we believe it's Canada and we made a decision. And I'll share in a moment how God confirmed that. But too often I'm just pleading, please, 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 God, tell me, show me, and then I can step. Do I have enough faith? Do I have enough trust in God to step out, even if He hasn't shown me? Or do I only step out if He reveals the next step? Does my response to God determine His character? Or does His character determine my response. I'm going to say that again. Does my response to God determine His character? Show me, then I'll step, oh yes, you're a good God. Or is He a good God, and He's got me, and therefore I can step, and He's still a good God, and He's still got me? The way we live and the way we approach life irrespective of pandemics, of inflation, of education systems, of social tensions, whatever the circumstances are, God still has you. And you know, what? you know what's weird? He chooses to reveal His wisdom to the world through you and me. This is what the Scripture says, okay? Ephesians 3 verse 10 talking about the church, okay, so that the church, so that through the church, the manifold wisdom of God might be made known to the rulers and authorities in heavenly places. Through the church, the manifold, the, the, the multifaceted, the multidimensional wisdom of God may be known to rulers through the church. I blunder. I'm not that wise. Ask the people that work with me, Heidi and Crystal, okay? I'm not saying ask Pam, but she's like, Duck, yeah, all right. I don't feel wise sometimes. I don't feel I have the answers. I don't feel I've got it together. And God says, I'm going to show my wisdom through you? Sometimes the very blunders we make can reveal God's grace and His mercy and His faithfulness. He chooses to reveal Himself through us. So, my question to you, if God is revealing Himself through you and through me, how do we live our lives when we get beaten up, when it doesn't work out how we think it is? How do we live? 
are we still revealing His wisdom? Or do we start believing because things are difficult, I must be wrong, Thing I've misheard, thing, things are against me, and we become inactive. Well, Lord, I'm just going to stand until you show me what to do next. Now, don't misinterpret what I said. There's a time to stand. It talks about in Ephesians. Stand. Put on the full armor of God and stand when the enemy is against you. I'm not talking about that. That shouldn't be our default position just as Christians to stand. We should be active. We should be stepping. We should be moving. And even if it's tough, God has got us. It doesn't mean you've done something wrong when it's a little difficult. And the Scripture says that we should plan, okay, we should, plan. planning is our part, dream, desire, plan, put things in action, plan things out. And God directs your steps. Proverbs 16 verse 9. The heart of man plans his way, but the Lord establishes or directs his steps. So plan. I don't know how we're going to launch in Regina in, five, in, in May. I don't know. Because there's so many things against us at UCB. The, the, the towers we try to launch on are being condemned. We had to go to another tower. That's being condemned. We, I don't know how we're going to launch. But I do know there's 250,000 people who need to be able to access and have hope every single day. I don't know, Lord, how you're going to do this. So do I just stand and wait? God, show us, or do we make plans and call people and lead engineers? And what about this? And who's going to do this? And we plan. God directs our steps because He's a good God. And the truth about stepping, you know, James 1.15 says this, if any of you lack wisdom, they should ask. And God gives Without disqualifying anybody, these are the exact words, if anyone lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault. So you're not disqualified in any way when you ask God for wisdom, and it'll be given to you. So ask for wisdom. Then with the wisdom God's given you, and you've got to believe He's given you wisdom, but sometimes you don't feel you've got it. With that wisdom, make a decision, plan, step out. God's got you, and He's good. When we came to Canada, and we're saying, Lord, and He said, you choose, and I just went melted, because it was like, that doesn't know how it works for me. Uh, and then we're, we're literally flying to Canada, saying, Lord, <laughs> this isn't how you work, okay? Let me just help you to let you know how you should work. You meant to show me. And, Lord, why Canada? And I said, why Canada? And this is what the Holy Spirit said to me. Canada, was, I was saying, Canada is a wealthy country. It's a stable country. It's got a healthcare system. There's no major, major crime and corruption. I mean, there's no major poverty. It's got everything. And I felt God say to me, because it's got everything, it does not need me. This is a mission field. And it changed my whole concept. And so in wrapping up here, <clears throat> when you're stepping out, you know, when you step, you, you physically step, you've got one foot on the ground, you've got one foot in the air, and you're unbalanced. And it's, I plan to put my foot there. 
That's what I, I think the next step is. And sometimes your foot goes where it's meant to. Sometimes where you stand is unstable. Sometimes you stumble. Sometimes you don't see it clearly. It doesn't change who God is. He's a good God. And He's got you. And doesn't matter if you stumble or if you I'm not talking about disobedience. Even if, even if you're disobedient, He's still got you. And He's good. But as Christians, folk, we need to stand up. We need to step out. God's got you. Inactivity as a Christian is not an option. We cannot be inactive. We have to. We have to. With the world the way it is, with people crying, I mean literally crying for answers. And we have, we really do have the answer people are asking for with open eyes. People have gone against the church for so long. Society has become a mess, and those that have gone against the church are now beginning to say, well, society is not working, so there has to be another option. We need to step out. We need to be bold. Let's ask for wisdom. Believe he's given you and I wisdom. Okay, Lord, I'm going to decide to do this. Let him direct your steps. They might land up in a different place. He's got you, and he's good. And Romans 15, 13, I'm going to end with this again. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Can I pray quickly? Father, we thank you that you're a God who's on the throne that will never, ever, ever change. You're a God, the scripture says, your eyes roam to and fro across the earth, seeking for those that do your will. Your eyes will always be on us, Lord. Your hand will always be outstretched. Father, you are you are a good God. You cannot be anything but a good God, because that's who you are. And Father, you have your children in the palm of your hand. The very reflection in your eye, the apple of your eye, are your children. And so, Father, I pray, Lord God, as your children manifesting your wisdom on this earth, we'd be people of action, we'd be people representing the character of Christ, and Father, that you would use us to be the salt and light, you would use us to, to impact a family from Afghanistan. Father, you would use us to impact our neighbors. Lord God, use us, and we will step, and even if we fall, we believe you've got us, Lord, because you're good. And so, Lord, I want to commit this church to you. I want to commit the individuals here to you. Lord God, that in our action, the one thing we ask is that you get glorified. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you very much, James, for speaking to us this morning. And I just want to speak to it really quickly. I know for last week after a panel discussion, we've had uh, quite a few people come and they're interested in, in doing missions. And I think the timing of the sermon is just so good because some of you are wanting all the details before you decide. And I think that today's challenge for us is if you feel God stirring in your heart to move, to do something, then go and God will direct and lead you. And so thank you very much, James, and your team for being here this morning. And God bless you. Remember, if you can help out with the bouncy castles, to sign up at the back. But you are dismissed, and may God bless you today.
If any of you want to chat to any of the team with Crystal and Heidi, uh, they are around, so feel free to just say hi.